your servant And I am listening Speak to me, Lord, speak to me Speak to me Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by the Macarius Church Headquarters. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teachings as taught at the Macarius Church Headquarters. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Hallelujah. Shall we pray, Father? Thank you for this morning. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Guide us into all truth. Give us a spirit of revelation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to see you, Coco, with the um, fresh ladies. Beautiful ministration. Clap for all the song ministers who we need. Hallelujah. To have a beautiful service. Last week we started talking about those who are proud. You are leaving the ranks of those who are proud. Now, we spoke about what pride is and the origin of pride. And I think that one of the things that really impacted me thinking about it is how pride can make a being as majestic and you know when you when you look at the description in the book of Ezekiel I think this will be chapter 28 around verse 13 in the New American Standard Bible this was a being whose covering you see he was clothed with precious Metals, turquoise, emerald, the, the New Americans and said lapis lazuli. I don't know what, what these things are. <laughs> but you can imagine that he was very powerful. His appearance alone. I mean, if you saw a being like that, and you see, the King James says in the same chapter, same verse, Thy tablets and thy pipes were ordained in thee in the day that that was created. And what that actually means is that Lucifer was a, was a one-man orchestra. Yes, he didn't need all these. No, they were in him. So when he opened his mouth... Like Sophie came to sing, she needed a soundtrack or she needed no 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 he didn't need anything like that. He just opened this one, everything came out. Now what I'm thinking about such a being turns into a grotesque caricature. I mean something that when you see, you wouldn't you have a bad experience. And I pray that God will help us. So that we will stay on the road of humility. Amen. Jesus is our example. That's why the song that Sophie sang. Blessed are the meek. Jesus himself said one day. That come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Then he went on to say. Take my yoke upon thee. 
and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. So Jesus says, learn of me. And Paul says, we have not learned so of Christ. So what every Christian should be is a disciple or a learner of Jesus. And what Jesus is saying that my major characteristic is that I am meek and lowly in heart. So as a person becomes more and more like Jesus, he becomes more and more meek. And he becomes more and more lowly. Instead of high, lifted up, minding high things, exalted. And I pray that in these few days that we are thinking about humility God will impart the spirit of Christ in us the spirit of meekness and the spirit of lowliness and the spirit of humility hallelujah I want to say also that today is global healing Jesus service amen it's a good place to appreciate the Lord and at the right time, we shall have a little, watch a little documentary, and then we'll be appealing to you to help to let the global, the healing Jesus campaign go into all the nations that it's going into. But today, for a short time, I want to talk about agents of humility. Agents of humility. Agents of humility. Now, to give us a background, from Second Corinthians chapter 12, I want us to read from the New Living Translation from verse 1. Second Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 1. This is the background to what we are going to talk about. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1. This boasting Paul is talking will do me no good. But I must go on. So he's talking about something. Else. Oh, that, we can't go into that. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. Next verse. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. So I want you to know that there are three heavens. Okay. Not seven or whatever. Th- three heavens. The first heaven is a sky that we see. The second heaven is where principalities and powers and angels fight as a second heaven. And the third heaven is where God dwells. Okay. Now Paul says, I was caught out to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Verse 4. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body, but I do know, verse 4, that I was caught out to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. Wow. Hey. I mean, if you have an experience like that. Now Paul is saying in verse... Now let's go to verse 7 
but in the King James. So Paul was now talking about the effect that such an experience could have on a person. So in verse 7 in the King James, he says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now if you've heard debates or discussions about what that thorn of thorn in the flesh was. Paul actually says it here. He says the messenger of Satan. That word, that word messenger is a Greek word agelos, which is translated about 97 times as angel. So Paul was talking about a particular angelic or demonic entity that was assigned to him. That caused persecution everywhere he went. Raised persecution everywhere he went. So Paul says, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to perfect me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Next verse, verse 8. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. That reminds you of Jesus, doesn't it? In the garden, praying three times, the Lord, take this cup away from me. Next verse. And he said unto him, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Next verse. Therefore, this is verse 10. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And these are the five agents of humility that we are going to talk about this morning. Number one, infirmities. Number two, reproaches. Number three, necessities. Number four, persecutions, and number five, distresses. Hmm. What a list. Number one, infirmities. Now maybe I should say this, that God tells us, humble yourself. Humble yourself. In other words, do it yourself. You know DIY. You buy the tools. One day, I remember I was somewhere around Teshi when my car broke down. <laughs> somehow I wanted to get it to a filling station. And I was parked there waiting for a mechanic to come. I, I think I called somebody. Now, whilst I was parked there, a certain guy drove up, parked beside me, in a little jeep, brought out, opened his bonnet, brought out a toolbox, opened his bonnet, checked some things, fixed some things, and closed the bonnet, put the toolbox back, and drove away. <laughs> hey, Charlie, that is when I remembered that about, this would be 
What year was this? I was in Bambri then. <laughs> I saw a course in the newspapers about automobile engineering eight-week course, DIY eight-week course. And I remember looking at it and telling my mother, maybe I should just go for this course, I mean, evening course, to know about automobile engineering, just, you know, to, 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 to improve myself. That is the day I regretted that, hey, if I'd gone for that course, I mean, I'll be waiting for this mechanic. <laughs> I mean, I'll be waiting. I would have my own box. And no mechanic could deceive me. I'll do it myself. And then I'll move, of course. Beyond a certain point, you can't do it anyway. So, But the point here is that when it comes to humbling ourselves, or when it comes to humility, the, God's first preference or first choice is that you do it yourself. Because somehow it seems as, as if if you don't do it, that is when these agents of humility are set. I mean, they're activated. To help you to do it. Or to help you to come to that point. So I pray that God will help us. And I believe that God will the next week will look at how to do it yourself. How to humble yourself. But I think this will be enough motivation for us to be able to help us to want to know how to do it yourself. Because these agents are not easy. I mean a messenger of Satan comes to come and do these things. It's not a simple process. So number one, infirmities. The word is the Greek word astenia, and it means the 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 bit I like or help me to understand it is it says want you see when you are infirmities or weaknesses it's one of the explanations is the want of strength and capacity. Number one, to understand a thing. In other words, lack of understanding constitutes a weakness. So that's one of the meanings, if you like, of weakness. You, you don't understand. And it makes me realize that some students, when faced with inability to understand something is actually an opportunity for them to be humble. Why? They should look out for somebody else who knows how to do or who understands that topic and learn from them. But you see, pride will not permit you to say, I don't know. You help me. I don't understand this. You help me. In Acts chapter 8, we see Philip. (laughs) And the Ethiopian eunuch. The Holy Spirit led Philip to Samaria. He had a powerful crusade there. And one day the Holy Spirit said, arise and go to this place. And he saw an important person from Ethiopia, he was in charge of the treasury, minister of finance of Ethiopia, who had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was going back. Have you found it? Acts chapter 8, 
Surround verse 26 there about. Look around that place. Then, he was reading from the book of Isaiah. Philip went near the chariot and asked him a question. Understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you are reading? And the man asked a very beautiful, he gave a very beautiful answer. How can I accept some man teach me? How can I? I know a doctor today, a young doctor. She graduated maybe two years ago. Her father was concerned about her performance in school. I think one day they were writing an exam in school. I'm talking about a student. I don't know whether it was, I think it was BC level. She was writing an exam in school when she fell asleep. I mean, the levels of adrenaline that are produced when you are writing an exam. Can you fall asleep? But you see, there was so much lack of motivation on this young lady's part that she fell asleep on the exam. But I think somebody, there were two students in her class, twins, twin girls who were very good and were highly motivated. Immediately, his, this father made her befriend the two girls. Oh, oh, oh. Her destiny began to change. They, not only did they help her to understand, they motivated her greatly. And, and two years ago or so, the, those twin girls and this, my friend's daughter who fell asleep in the exam, all graduated from medical school as doctors. Yes. And I'm saying that it's an infirmity or a weakness not to understand a thing. But when you are presented with that situation, may humility be activated so that you seek help. You go to someone and say, look, it's not working. Philip, I remember many years ago I was a shepherd in the Milton Keynes Lighthouse Chapel. I was a choir shepherd. And there was a um, convention. And as the leader of the choir, my choir was ministry. Ha! Hey, under my auspices. <laughs> you know, sometimes when. Oh, he wasn't a chorister. <laughs> You know sometimes when a choir is singing and somebody, the lead person goes off and takes the rest of the choir away. <laughs> uh, hey, I was sitting there and the I wanted the ground to open. But just go inside and not come again. <laughs> and to make it worse, after that, after the choir minister, they came up. By the way, the song ended. After many centuries, the song ended. And they, they came to sit down. I thought, was I singing? No, I wasn't. I don't know. To make matters worse, the next group to me, they said, oh, another group to me, women with direction. Wow. Now, women with direction was made up of women. <laughs> and their leader 
his Episcopal sister was now Episcopal sister Leonora Height, uh, convener of the Revelation Church of Asia in the Philippines. She was the leader of that group. Oh, when they came on stage. (laughs) Charlie, I mean, beautiful singing. The father to the fatherless. Oh, you see, the convention, it was Bishop Richard I who was preaching, who was here. And I think Bishop Quicompos was next to his right, and I was to the left. He turned to Bishop Kukun and said, It seems the woman with direction is a better choir than the choir. <laughs> look at choir. Look at what you've done. Choir. Look at what you've done. And look at women with direction who are not supposed to be a choir, but they just decided to sing. But I you know I decided to do something. I said, Look, I'm not such a good shepherd. So after, I went to see Sister Leo. Sister Leo. What do you do to make your group work? And she showed me me one or two things. I won't tell you because you are not there to go and ask. But what I'm saying is that let us, if we see that, I don't understand, I don't have a grasp, I don't, I'm not into this, I'm not as good. Look for somebody in humility. Ask them. They will help you. That's one of the... Meanings of infirmities. <laughs> that is the want of strength and capacity to understand the thing. Number two, the want of strength and capacity to do things great and glorious. The want of strength or capacity. To do things great and glorious. Like leading a group. I was doing. Like building a church. Like. Going ahead in your life. Like achieving something. Like building a house. Like like making meaning of your life. Like moving forward. Like having progress. Paul says that an infirmity. Or a weakness you can have. Is that you see that. You're not able to, 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 to move forward. You're not able to break through. You're not able to come through. You're not able to do well. Now again, one very good thing to do is to associate with the right kind of people. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, Paul made a statement that, Follow me even as I follow Christ. There are some people who by the grace of God have made it. Even joining a church and joining a church which has direction for you, which helps you to think the right way, which helps you to analyze things, is a major step in being able to do things great and glorious and make something out of your life. All they are saying is that if you have that infirmity, it is time to reach out and say that, Father, help me. And God will help you through others. Number three, talking about infirmities. Want of strength and capacity to restrain corrupt desires. Hmm. 
to restrain corrupt desires. Huh. Reverend Kinsey and I had the privilege of attending St. Thomas Aquinas Secondary School. And I found a quote by St. Thomas Aquinas talking about sins of the flesh. I'll read it to you. It says, The sins of the flesh are not the most serious. Then he goes on to say, The gravest sins are those that are more angelic like pride and hatred. (laughs) Yes. You know, many years I was trying to look for that quote, but I didn't find it. He said that there are some people who are so proud in their, if you like, self-righteousness that it seems as though God makes them fall into sins of the flesh. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying, but he feels too good about himself. He feels so holy and so righteous. Then it has made him proud. And that pride is going to destroy him. So something happens and he falls into a sin of the flesh. Like fornication. Like adultery. It immediately makes him less proud. Because even when he's preaching and he wants to say something about face people who are into fornication, he will remember that. Hey. saying that you see one of the things one of the end points or results why God brings these agents of humility is so that you look for grace you see remember that God says that God giveth grace to the humble so remember in all of these things as we are saying all these infirmities all these um, necessities all these reproaches all these persecutions all these distresses that the end point is to make you come to God because of your weakness so that God will give you strength to be able to continue that's the whole point that's the whole point because you see pride is being or trying to be independent of God. That's what Satan wanted to do. I will be like the most high. Because if I am like the most high, then there's no need for a most high. And so when he failed, he came to Adam and Eve and told them that, you also, you can become like God. You can be like the most high. So, Pride is trying to be independent of God, whereas humility is being dependent of God, of, on God all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's humility. Dep- I need God, and I need my fellow human being, because it's also made in the image of God. And the last, if you like, definition of infirmities is the want of strength or capacity to bear trials and troubles. To bear trials and troubles. You know the book of James, it says, count it all joy when you fall into trials and diverse temptations. 
But how many know that when we are in trials and diverse temptations, it's not so easy to count it all joy. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not so easy to count it all joy. I mean, when you are in the midst, in the trial, you know, there's a nice fancy hymn, hymn. I don't know the English version, but I'm sure there's an English version. But this is how it goes. Jay-Z, Nietzsche, no chair, no sokun, yehu, denara. Oh yeah, denara, bezi, nim, wunya, me bo, kwama. Cheno, cheno, sokun, yehu, denara. Cheno, so for the sake of those of you who don't understand fancy it says believer lean on him no matter how tough the battle is no matter what happens you will be victorious your God will fight for you so lean on him because very soon the day will come the night will be over and the day will come oh I remember one man who was we were visiting one day a pastor and myself Methodist church pastor we were visiting he was an old pastor he was an old member but he was blind and he was alone in his house and when we got there, I don't know, as part of the ministration to him, we started singing this song. Oh, the man started crying. He said, oh, I will, I will lean on him. I'll lean on him. I'll lean on him. I'll lean on him. Because no matter how the trials and tribulations and issues are, one day I will come through. I'll 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 come through. Oh, I'll come through. Hmm. One day I saw a lady who was having a threatened miscarriage. Like, she was bleeding. Early pregnancy. We scanned her and told her that, oh, this pregnancy is fine. You'll be okay. Then she started crying. So why are you crying? We've told you the pregnancy is okay. Why are you crying? She said, I've become pregnant with a boy. And when I told him that I was pregnant, what he told me was that it's either me, it's either him or the pregnancy. In other words, if you want to keep the relationship about the pregnancy, so seeing this thing and looking at it so alive, she couldn't bear the thought of going to do that. But she, I could have told her, at, at that time I had not even had that experience, but I, I could have told her that you could abort because of the boy and he will still leave you anyway. 
you'll find another reason to leave him. Oh, yes. <laughs> you see, at that time, sometimes a particular solution seems like the best. But what you may not know is that it may not be the best solution. I have, she's actually my cousin because she's my mother's niece. So that's my cousin. But she's older. My mother and her sisters, there were four of them. My mother and three sisters. Now this one, one of my mother's sisters, got pregnant when she was in middle school. She was a student. But she got pregnant. Teenage pregnancy. In those days. And the whole point or the idea was I bought this baby. Somehow, a decision was taken not to. I think she had the baby and went back to school. So this baby, because she's about 10 years younger than her mother and her mother's siblings, grew up to become like their sister. <laughs> One of them. You get me. Now, in the course of time, when this, my auntie finished school, she married. That's like, now it's the time to marry. So she married. Can you believe that she never had a pregnancy in her marriage? Never. 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 Never gave birth. Never gave birth. Never. So she died. So that one baby, that one pregnancy, even though it looked like a major mistake, that was it. You know, sometimes when you're going to have conduct an operation on somebody, you can ask, you have to ask them their history. So someone was coming in for removal of a womb. It's like other problems had happened, so her womb needed to be removed. So ask her a question that, have you ever been pregnant? Then immediately she started crying. I said, why he cried? I said, because the only pregnancy I had, I aborted it. And now, my womb is going to be taken. I'll never have a child again. <laughs> so there are trials and troubles that I believe that we should pray for the grace. See, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that there had no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God will with the temptation make a way that he may be able to escape it. And that's what we are saying today. We are saying grace. You see, the, the purpose of all these agents it's for you to cry out for grace. God giveth grace to the humble. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. That ye may be able to bear it. Number two. Reproaches. Reproaches. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you going to become humble? No, ask him another question. Is God helping you to become humble? 
So let's go back to our verse. Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 10, it says 12 verse 10. That's our key verse of the agents of humility. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I actually welcome them. I'm happy. Hey! In reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, we are binding them. In distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Do you know what reproach means? Four things reproach means. Number one, insults. <laughs> Number two, injury. <laughs> wow. Number three, harm. And number four, hurts. Hurts. Let me mention them again. Four things that reproaches, that word reproaches me. The Greek word is hubris. I'm sure you've seen that word before, hubris. Insults. Injury. Harm. And hurts. Years ago, my brother told me about a guy who had joined Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. He was driving, and his chapter president was with him. Now, as they were driving, I think somebody crossed him. And this guy's origins, his tribe, it said that when you want to insult, you lift your hand up. <laughs> so, so immediately his reaction, he lifted his hand. Then he saw his chapter president was sitting by himself. <laughs> Insults should not be like that brother's response. <laughs> not with the lifting of the hand, followed by some words. But rather be like Jesus. According to First Peter chapter 2, verse 23, the Bible says that when he was insulted, he did not re- insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. <laughs> you can easily go and threaten somebody, and people, not everybody has to be, not everybody can be threatened. <laughs> I heard somebody say the other day, it's not everybody you threaten. <laughs> oh, yes. So, brethren, meekness which is one of the synonyms of humility, is to be able to endure insult, injury, harm, and hurt without 
kicking back without revenging, without so I will look for him. You will see what I will do to him. No. 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 That is the way of humility. That is the road that when you take. See, if you kick back, then you have followed the way of pride. Abijah, you don't know what he said. You don't know what he's doing, doing to me. <laughs> That's the reason for the word of God. Oh, yes. Sometimes the things in the word of God, Peter said that there are some writings in the scriptures that Paul has written. They are things hard to be understood. Yeah. And he said, the unlearned, the unlearned and the unstable, they do wrestle with these scriptures. Yes. Yes. He said it. He said it. When you read certain aspects or you are exposed to certain ah that's what this is as also in all his episodes speaking in them of these things in which there are some things hard to be understood which they that are unlearned and unstable rests as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction But when you get exposed to such a word of God, hey, brother, take it and grapple with it. Take it and tell the Lord ahead, this word is not easy to follow. This word that this pastor is preaching is not easy. I, 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 is, is, is she sick? Hello? Sister? Sorry, why? The AC is really making them. Listen to the word. So you can grapple with the scripture. But at least be honest to tell God that God, I think this is what it means, but it's not easy for me to follow it. But help me. That is what is called grace. That is what is called grace. Grace is the influence that God gives you to be able to do things that otherwise you would not have been able to do. That's the whole point. Hmm. Number three. Necessities. Necessities. Agents of humility. Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 is one of Paul's classic statements about necessities. He said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. In fact, it's after this verse, that the verse that we all like, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You have to go through need. Necessities, hunger, in order for God to build up something like this in you. I don't know. Or should I go to Takwa and preach this? (laughs) Oh, yes. You know, I, when I was growing up, 
I would have my breakfast. But I would have a snack at 10 o'clock. Growing up. Then I would have lunch. Then at 4 o'clock, I would have another snack. Yeah. Before supper. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was used to. We didn't know that it was called snack then. So we called it 10 o'clock food and 4 o'clock food. Uh, they're snacks. <laughs> oh, yes. No, no. Paul says, I know how to be full. Yes. So I'm talking about my days of being full. Of breakfast, then 10 o'clock, then lunch, then 4 o'clock, then evening. <laughs> snack. No. Sometimes, I mean, any, any light snack, not any heavy food, but one day I finished, <laughs> not a bar. When I, when I finished sixth form, my grades were such that I could go to university to do sciences. But thanks to my mother, who wanted me to be a doctor, she said, let's write the A-level again so that you can go and do medicine. So there were some friends of mine who, family friends, who lived near my school, Presec, sixth form. So I went sixth form. So I went to stay there. And I thought there had been an arrangement for food. <laughs> <laughs> Asomoa, it was only accommodation. <laughs> so I remember that around 1 p.m. <laughs> I'm sure I had things for breakfast, but around 1 p.m. I'll be hungry. Hey, Lord. That's why I can never forget this. It's a hymn. Because there was a school nearby called Prince of Peace International. That was their closing hymn. <laughs> and that would be the time that I would be hungry. Yeah, Lord. <laughs> Through the love of God, our Savior, all, all be well. Hey! It's as if they knew that there was a hungry boy inside the room free and changeless is his favor all must be well there's love relying Jesus every need supply all his sorrow all will But you see, like I said about the trials and troubles, one day there was a discussion. Then that period of hunger ended. But I remember that hair, as I was going through it, I couldn't believe that. Me, pa, that I'm hungry. I mean, but this this will be my third meal. So I also want to prophesy to somebody that all will be well with you. Whatever you are going through now, 
All will be well. Amen. Oh, yes. Go to turn it on and you can say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Number four, persecutions. Now, when it comes to persecutions, this is the best I like best. It's Mark chapter 10, verses 29 to 30. Beautiful. Mark chapter 10. And Jesus said, answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that had left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Every blessing of a hundredfold that God has given to receive it. He says that you receive what? Houses, brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands. Receive them in the name of Jesus. But please, there's another one there that I'm not sure you saw it coming with persecutions. I think it's like that too. God has to keep us humble. It's a dangerous thing to be proud. And I think that he will go to every extent. Oh, I mean, look at somebody who has got houses, he's got brethren, he's got lands, he's got all these things. Persecution, a baton. They have added the persecution to it to keep him humble. Hey! So you may be a wife and your husband is facing you. <laughs> ah, wow. Beautiful. Clap for the nice. Raphael Church and Pansabudu and Mrs. Amponsabudu, a.k.a. Swak. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, you think about it. You, you, but God must have a reason. God must have a reason. I mean, look at that blessed person. You know. Houses, not a house. Well, you even one house you, you haven't got. But this, this person has houses, brethren, lands. And what has been added? Persecutions. Otherwise, you never know. You see how they be doing other. And in the world to come, and in the world to come, the persecutions are helping us because when you are not persecuted, you are not even praying. You are relaxed. But when the persecutions came, you arose and began to pray. Lord, deliver me. <laughs> oh yes. There were three ladies. They were friends. Two of them were very spiritual when they were in secondary school. One of the topics they used to pray about was their future marriages. And their friend used to laugh at them. She was not so spiritual, but she was still their friend. You tell them, why are you praying all this time? Oh, you are wasting your time. 
In the course of time, all three married. Now the two who had been praying about their marriages in the future had nice marriages which were working. Then this third one. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. So one day when she met him, she told them that, you see, the prayers that you prayed in those times, I'm praying them now. Praying them now. Because it's not easy. Hmm. And the last agent of humility is distresses. Wow. Distresses. Pressure. <laughs> oh, yes. Narrowness. Calamity. Extreme affliction. Now, Paul says that. In our weakness, when all these things are happening to us, then we are strong. This is what the prophet writes. It says, the Bible describes various unpleasant agents of humility. They are not pleasant. These unpleasant agents of humility are standing by to induce humility in our lives. You know the verse I read about Mark 10, 30 it says, Indeed, sometimes God blesses people so much that it is impossible for them to remain humble. You will notice. That most people who have a lot of money and earthly blessings are no longer humble enough to be good Christians. The wise man who wrote the book of Proverbs knew this reality. He even prayed that he would not have too much money because he knew that riches could destroy him through pride. Yeah. He said, Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. This is what the wise man said. He said, Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Because the poverty sometimes becomes too much on the problems. <laughs> Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee. Because if you move me, I no more can't cross yourself. <laughs> and deny thee and say what is the Lord or lest I be poor and steal may you not be poor and steal Amen. and take the name of my God in vain as I close it says Apostle Paul spoke of how a thorn an agent of Satan had caused him much distress, much weakness, and much infirmity. Indeed, sickness, disease, weakness, and need are powerful agents of humility. 
Paul acknowledged this and considered it to be God's grace toward him. Instead of fighting those agents of humility, he accepted that God had allowed them for his own sake. So what is a thorn in the flesh? A thorn is a non-specific term for anything that stings, pricks, irritates, and causes injury or difficulty. That pinching thing in your life that Paul said, I prayed thrice that God would take it away. He didn't take it away. That means that it must be fulfilling a purpose in your life. And that purpose is to make you humble. And I pray for you that God will give you grace to be humble. So that when you have arrived at that point, you can say like Paul, that oh, now when I am in infirmities, when I am in reproaches, when I am in distresses, when I am in persecutions, when I am in... When, when I am attacked by afflictions, I'm okay. Why? Because God's strength is made perfect in that weakness. And I believe at that time, you understand what I've come. Rise your feet. Let's close. Thank you, Lord. Begin to pray for yourself. Ha! Huh. It's an attitude. It's a mindset. It's, it's complex. It's not easy to understand like Paul himself said but I believe that if we if we trust in God or we understand God or we, we, we know that he is a good God and he wants us to make it to heaven in the world to come eternal life then whatever comes our way you see Peter once said to some people that look don't suffer because of evil doing uh-huh. Do you understand? Because some people, when they are, when they do wrong things, and they are suffering for, they say, "Oh, you know, I'm being persecuted." It's not that, that. That's different. That's different. Peter said, "Do not, do not, do not be persecuted because you are busybody. You want to say something that was not your, that did not concern you." No. But if you are walking in truth and you are walking with God and these things come, then know that God is making you lean on Him in grace. Begin to pray for yourself and say, Father, help me in the name of Jesus. My infirmities, my reproaches, my necessities, my persecutions, my distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. In the name of Jesus. You can mention something to God right now that you are going through. And tell the Lord, Lord, I may not understand it. But maybe you are working humility in me through this process. In the name of Jesus, Lord. And maybe you may say that it doesn't really apply to me now, but the word of God is eternal. And one day, 
you need to understand that God has a way of helping you to become like Jesus through these agents of humility to help you to respond appropriately thank you Holy Spirit thank you that you are helping us through these agents of humility to be like Jesus to walk like Jesus to be strong because when I'm weak then I'm strong these things make us weak but through that to strengthen us my God thank you Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Amen with every head bowed and every eye closed maybe you are here but you are not born again but I believe God brought you to church today so that you could give your life to Christ and give your life to Christ publicly as a testimony that I today am a disciple and a follower and a learner of Christ so whilst every head is bowed and every eye closed if you want to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior I will help you, I will pray with you I want you to lift up your right hand lift up your right hand only as a sign that I am identifying with Jesus God bless you, I see your hand lifted up when your hand is lifted up, what you are saying is that Jesus, I am identifying with you today, I want to be counted as your friend, one of your people, and if you've lifted up your hand take another bold and powerful step, and come to the front, walk right here to the front I'll pray with you, yes clap for them as they come yes Lord where Jesus is calling his grace to come. Take that step. Come and join them. It's a step of boldness. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bow down your heads. God bless you for coming and responding to this call. I want to pray with you. This is one of the, this is probably the most important decision of your life. It is. Because it determines where you spend eternity. Say these words with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I know I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. Please forgive me. Wash away my sins. Write my name in your book of life. Now I want you to do this. Look at me. Lift one finger like this and say, Satan, no longer will I be deceived by you. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. In Jesus name. Put your hands down. Father thank you for these ones. And for writing their name in the book of life. You see our pastor here. He wants to talk to you for a few minutes. And pray with you. Then you come back. So please go with him. Oh celebrate. As our brothers. And our sisters. Go. And receive. Counseling. Hallelujah. It's now time for communion. Thank you, Jesus. Pali Babo, Shady Be Ayamama. Yes, Lord. Which 
Hygienic purposes, you you each have a piece, but there were times when one loaf of bread would be broken up into many pieces. I don't know whether you've experienced that. I've experienced that before in a service. The loaf was actually passed around. You break it. And the whole point was this, you see At the end of the day A bit of the loaf is in you A bit is in you, a bit is in, a bit is in me Signifying the unity That we are one Though we are many We are one body And I want you to Take this communion today Emphasizing The love the unity and the teamwork that we have as a body of Christ right here in this church. If for some reason they are not on good terms with somebody, this communion is the time to say the Lord, I'm letting everything go. I'm, 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 I'm releasing the people. It's okay. Paul said to the Corinthians when there were factions among them, he said, Some of you say we have Apollos, some of you say we are Paul, some say we are Cephas. Paul said, Let there be first Corinthians 1 10. He said, Let there be one mind, the same judgment. One, one, we are one. So lift up this bread. And as you are eating this bread, I want you to believe that supernaturally God is going to work through it to melt any differences, any ill feelings you have towards anybody whether they are here or somewhere else lift it up and say the body of Christ eat it lift up the blood the blood of Jesus is a solution one of the purposes of blood is cleansing. Oh yes. The blood goes through the kidneys and all that. The kidneys helps to remove all these things and they come out as wastes. So as you are drinking the blood this morning, believe that it's cleansing every evil thing, every impurity, every sick, anything that should not be in your body is going to be cleansed by this blood. Later them and say, the blood of Christ cleansing me drink it when I lift your hands and receive I will pass over you. father we thank you that your angel 
walks through the midst of this place. Thank you that your angel that brings money to this ministry is walking through this place. Bringing financial breakthroughs to people who need them. Angelic breakthroughs. Supernatural breakthroughs. Thank you for your angel that walked through the people of Israel and healed them. Lord, every healing need now. Mental disease. Heart disease. Kidney disease. Every disease of the ovaries. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing, O God. Because of your angel that walks through, O God. Your angel that passes through. Thank you for your angel in the midst of the people, Lord. Here with us. Strengthen us. Thank you for your angel who strengthens us. For that angel came to Jesus whilst he was praying in Gethsemane and strengthened him. May he strengthen us, Lord. For the journey ahead of us, oh, an angel appeared to Elijah and said, The journey ahead of you is too long and too wearisome for you. Receive strength in the name of Jesus. May everybody who is about to embark on a journey that will be tough, receive strength right now in Jesus' name. Oh Lord, may your angel who brings good tidings, thank you Father, that because of your angel in the midst of the people, we are receiving good tidings Lord. This week will be a week of good tidings Lord. An angel will bring us good tidings this week in the name of Jesus. Yes Lord, thank you for your angel who goes ahead of us to guide us. By a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day, he guided us. Father, may anybody who needs guidance and direction, Lord, hear the voice of God speaking direction to him. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive guidance. Receive direction. Never will we lose our way, O God. And Father, if there's a deceiver, an agent of Satan, sent to deceive us this week may your angel thwart his efforts in the name of Jesus every deceiver every deceiver every voice that is contrary to your voice Lord we block it in the name of Jesus we walk in your power we walk in your health we walk in your prosperity we walk in your goodness in Jesus name Amen Clap your hands and celebrate your week of supernatural and angelic intervention in your life. Celebrate it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I am listening. We believe you have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Macarius Church headquarters, East Legon Hills, Accra. Stay blessed. I am waiting. 